All right, Jess. <laughs> How are you yeah. doing, girl? I don't even know. I have no words to put my feelings in right now. It's shock. I have a lot of thoughts, a lot of opinions, but I haven't spoken about them yet. Hey, lovers. Welcome to TSPN. Um, we have a lot to talk about today on this episode. Just, just a lot. We don't even have an intro planned for you guys because there is so much. Taylor wrecked our plans. So uh, we have to kind of pivot. Uh, we initially were going to have Nikki on today, and we still planned to have her on. Um, but she has fallen ill, so she is taking the night off, which is very convenient given that Taylor is currently in Tokyo and the lives will be happening overnight. So maybe she'll be laying in bed catching those later. Um, so next week, we'll touch on all the things that are the Tokyo shows. As a reminder, guys, we film a few days ahead. So today is Tuesday, February 6th. And um, we just finished the Grammys. So if this is where you get your Taylor news, we got a lot to break to you. Um, the Grammys was quite a surprise. And um, or if you're just listening to this, you know, six months from now, this is the episode that we found out about the tortured poets department. Yes. yes. <laughs> Yes. Oh, the tortured poets department. Okay. Um, so Grammys, let's start with Grammys. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> let's not get too far into our like, just minds here. Okay. So um, do, do you want to do a quick recap? I can fill in the gaps too. Yeah. So the this past Sunday, as we all know, was the 66th Grammy Awards. Taylor was up for six nominations and she won two Grammys. Um, she won for best pop album. That was her 13th Grammy that she won. And we'll talk about her crazy announcement later. Um, and then the second Grammy she won was album of the year, the most coveted award in music that you can get. It is like winning best picture at the Oscars, but for musicians. Yes. And this is her fourth win, which sets the record for the most wins ever. And that's not just a female woman artist statistic. That is ever. Um, I don't think she really thought she was going to win. And if she did, she really played it off. I think she was there for the pop one. Not to say that she knew anything ahead of time, but you know, she, she did what she had gone to do by the time the album of the year announcement came up. And um, she was surprised. I think she, she was more surprised than the rest of us. I, I knew she'd win album of the year. I just had a feeling, but like, yeah, I don't think she 100% was confident in that. So I think that her plan all along was to announce what she announced when she won her 13th Grammy, because out of being, being her and who she is and being up for six Grammys, she's yeah. going to win at least one of them. Question. Um, let's like pretend we don't know what we know. And let's talk a little bit about how you felt when you first saw her because, you know, there was a lot of clues leading to rep. You know, we were really thinking that rep was going to be the announcement. Um, also, if you haven't caught it yet, Jesse predicted this on the last episode. It was um, her saying that she thought she was going to announce 
Reputation Taylor's version at the Grammys, and it would come out on April 19th. She also has a video she did about it and all the clues, and we can probably get more into that here. Um, but catch us on our podcast if you just want the clip of that. There's a little cut of it, or if you've already listened to the last episode, you probably know that she's a mastermind and already figured it all out. But um, yeah, so so Taylor shows up on the red carpet and um, in a black black gloves all the way up almost to her shoulder, and then the white really. Uh, what do you call it? I was like old Hollywood glam. Like it was kind of giving me like French, uh, like it was, I kept thinking of Moulin Rouge. That was all I kept thinking of. But what were your thoughts whenever you first saw her? Um, I honestly, the first time I saw her on the red carpet, I was very confused. I knew, yeah. I think I knew in the back of my mind, the minute I saw her that something was a little off um, because she was not dressed in a rep, you a rep outfit at all. No. Like, it, it gave nothing reputation. Well, and the colors. Like, For people who thought the colors were rep, they were. But yeah, the, the vibes were not. I, yeah. And I really think, I mean, a lot of people say black and white for reputation, but I really think it's just black. It is just mm -hmm. really black. And I was really, I mean, even like the gloves, not even just the colors, just the the like the cut of the dress and how it laced up the back with the gloves, with the chokers. It just wasn't reputation i i was just a little shocked it didn't match what i had in my mind mm -hmm. and so i kind of had to digest that and i'm like okay that that's a little off i wasn't thinking ts11 or anything at the time but i was just thinking hmm okay just file this one away what do you think um same i wasn't thinking rep i was not thinking ts11 either what I was thinking was, again, I was thinking Moulin Rouge and the lace up kind of like corseted back. And so I immediately was like thinking France. We talked about uh, Marie Antoinette and how Taylor's going to be in uh, Paris on the 250th anniversary. And there, you know, there were certain things that I was like, French, French, France, France, France. And so I was kind of just thinking it was an egg for what would become the next announcement. I kind of let out on the announcement thing once I saw her and started kind of thinking it through. Um, I started looking up like Dita Von Tees. She does a lot of those like long gloves, trying to figure that out. Um, and then the other kind of direction I went was, um, oh my God, what's it called? I lost my train of thought. Oh, Femme Fatale? Femme Fatale, yeah. I thought Femme Fatale. And so I started looking up, because Femme Fatale is a French term. She looked very Jessica Rabbit, you know, fe, mm -hmm. you know. So then I was like, maybe this is the theme of the new album that we didn't know was coming. But I'm, you know, I'm just kind of cluing you guys into my thought process and where my Google searches were leading into the Grammys night once we saw her. Um, and she had that, uh, the fan. So the French fan, like, again, like to me, I was just reading France. And so when it, she did announce it and it was TS 11, I was still stuck on that. And then she told us the title and I was like, huh, <laughs> what? Yeah. I, I also thought it, it was giving me like breakfast at Tiffany's too, mm -hmm. with the gloves. And then, you know, as we know, the iconic picture of her with the cat, reminded on the cover of time, you know, reminds us of breakfast at Tiffany's. So I, I think there might be something to that, but yeah, yeah I was well, just we have to, out. well, we real quick, we have to shout out our commenters on our TSPN for the breakfast at Tiffany stuff. I wish I had the names right now, but, um, that was one of those things where once we started posting about it, we started getting comments and I watched the whole movie and there are things we can get into that at some point, but, um, yeah, very valid to be thinking of breakfast at Tiffany's. 
So for um, those of you who are not like every day looking at like Swifty clues and theories and stuff like that, Mayhem started about six hours, about 13 hours before the Grammy started. So basically what happened was about, uh, I don't know how many hours, eight hours or so before the Grammys, um, Taylor changed her profile picture to black and white. It was at uh, 10.57 a.m. Eastern time. I know that because I was looking for something. So it's about 13 hours from midnight, which is where people started like, you know, thinking yeah. something was going to drop at midnight. So, I mean, right then and there, I knew something was probably going down at the Grammys like I have thought this whole time. Mm -hmm. And the black and white, again, it does give you rep. Like it gives rep vibes. Well, yep. then about... I don't know, three hours before the Grammys, about maybe about six hours before it started, um, her website crashed, but it wasn't a website crash. It was done manually. Like they did it on purpose intentionally. Yep. And it had some codes and it had a code on it that was just a bunch of letters. Well, us being Swifties, they knew that we would unscramble those and you got red herring, which a red herring is a misleading clue. And then it's, and then they also had under it, um, they had D P T three, two, one, like a countdown and D P T is tortured poets department backwards. So literally they gave us the clue and then they gave us the title with a countdown. Here it comes. The website was back up about a half hour before the Grammy started. It was normal. Um, but there was a lot of mayhem going on in the Swifty community that day. Yes. Well, and the fact that the website wasn't actually down and it was like a fake down is good, right? Like, because if it was genuinely down, it's like, you know, were people flooding the site? And I'm sure that site can handle a ton of users at once. But if you do flood a website, it can take it down if the servers can't handle it. So it was one of those things where it's like knowing that it was fake is where you're like, this is clearly a clue. And then the herring thing. And it just didn't. It wasn't giving true 404 error. Um, so that was super exciting. And then um, it did come back up before the show. And then the store was down, correct? If I recall, the store went down right before. It was locked, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. And then, of course, they were prepping the store because what happened after the announcement was she had – was didn't it break records? I think the vinyl sales alone broke a record of – I mean, this is – Pre-sale, first day. How long did you wait in line to check out? Because I know you bought stuff. So I did. Um, and it all just happened so fast because my husband had pulled it up before I even saw the cover. And it, you know, it was like pre-orders. So of course I'm going to like pre-order, right? I was in line to pre-order for 38 minutes. Yes. That's unheard of. This, all this that's happening with Taylor Swift is unheard of. Yes. Yeah. Mine was 35 minutes. And um, then I got distracted with my ADHD, went on TikTok. And then like later I was like, oh shit, my cart. So then I went back and luckily it was still there. But then when I checked out, I didn't get an email confirmation right away. And I didn't really have a thank you page. And then I was like, oh no, did it go through? But yeah, it's, it's all good. I got my confirmation. So hopefully my vinyl's in the mail and they don't punish me for getting distracted because it did sell out didn't it um I believe so but I think it's back like it might have just sold out initially with the inventory and they probably had to figure out you know how much more supply can they make 
Yeah, I've, it's unlike anything I've ever heard, having to wait 38 minutes to pre-order something that doesn't come out till April, and then that, that we've never heard out. from. Yeah, it's 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 crazy. Yeah, I mean, it's insane that we haven't even heard a, a note of the album. And the same thing happened with Midnight's, right? Like, so it's not yeah. that crazy, but that level of pre-order on an announcement on an album that we literally just have a picture of at that point, we didn't even have the track titles, like... Loyal. We are so fucking loyal, man. We are loyal. Okay, so let's go to the moment, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, so she wins for Best Pop Album. Her speech was literally less, it was like 15 seconds. Like, it was like so quick. She got right to it. it. Yeah. And so she says it as in it's a secret she's been holding on to for two years and then after she says that she puts up a two and gives like a little smirk which i think is an easter aid we we just need to clock that in the back of our minds well, there's been a lot of peace signs she's been giving i just yeah. realized this because even she's a TikTok, the one that kind of scrambles through a bunch of photos and videos and she's at the piano and she anyway i i won't let's not keep going I'm sorry. Yeah. No, yeah, the, it, it is. She's, like I've said, the doubles, the peace sign, the twos, like that's still happening. It's still mm -hmm. going on. Um, And so she says, I've got this secret. And she says, the minute I heard brand new album, I think I blacked out. Like, I, I really do. Like, I, I caught tortured the name and then I was like screaming I was just like out of it I started recording myself and actually put it up on TikTok but I look like a lunatic <laughs> but like I wanted you know to what? capture what I was like feeling in that moment and it was I couldn't even get the name of the title out almost like I just I didn't know what was happening well and you posting it is a vulnerable thing to do but it validates everyone else's experience to see like i wasn't screaming like you uh we had very different reactions because i was too stunned to process like i feel like my brain became a revolving door of thoughts like things just kept coming in and leaving coming in like i wasn't really digesting what was happening and then immediately i'm sure you're the same my phone just started popping off like friends obviously we have this podcast so I have good yep. friends who may not be the biggest Swifties but are, were texting me as well I had people like Swift talkers I mean it was insane and do you know who I didn't text was you I don't think I was like Jessie's fine like she's gonna be gone for a while <laughs> yeah I I do I need time to process for sure I mean I yeah like my husband pulled up the cover and he showed me the cover and I just couldn't even like Pro I really that's the best way I can describe it like I couldn't process anything until I think it took me about like an hour of being like what is happening like what's going on till I really started like looking at it looking into it being like okay this is happening she just announced TS 11. I don't think I processed it as reality until we saw the track list because it like for the while it was just like a like just a I should, is that what a fever dream is? <laughs> Should I Google kind that? of? I mean, for a <laughs> while, you you look at the name, the Tortured Poets Department, and you think, oh my gosh, this could be an album of collapse, you know, because it can be taken as plural. Um, and you know, we had that theory rolling around. We had other theories rolling around until the track list was revealed the next day, and then it kind of calmed down on that a little bit. Yeah. Well, and there was a lot of um, 
early kind of discourse around the name um, and how it relates to something that uh, Joe Alwyn said on a podcast in 2022, the Tortured mm -hmm. Man's Club. I remember that. You do. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't that deep into the lore back then. Okay. So that night of the Grammys, like, I think I might have done one very chaotic video about the album. And then I literally haven't done anything on social media until just two minutes here before we started this because so many people are messaging me and I appreciate it so much. You guys have no idea. Um, asking yes. me what what are my thoughts on the track list, this and that. Um, people sending me videos of theories, and I'm so sorry, but I do not watch those just because I want to come up with my own my own thing. Um, like I have watched a few, but I really want to like develop my own thoughts about it before I'm like really influenced. But I really appreciate everybody reaching out. But yeah, it did take me a hot minute to just kind of like reset. Um, that night of the Grammys, like I was on such a high. You know, when your adrenaline is like, you're yes. on such a high and then you all of a sudden it just, you crash, right? I did not sleep. I did not sleep. And I know you never sleep. And it, guys, if you've listened to a few episodes and we make jokes, Jessie legitimately is a night. Like she sleeps during the day mm -hmm. and will be up all night. So like, that's not us just making fun. Like you were, yeah, no. you were going to be up all night anyway. I figured by the morning you would have everything for me to well, go through. What's weird is because I am such a night owl and I'm normally up all night and then I sleep while my kids are at school and then I'm up when my kids get home, which is just yeah. a very different type of schedule, but it, it works for me. I've been that way since I was in high school. It just, I don't know. It is what it is. Okay. So I literally crashed at 1230 at night and didn't wake up at all through the whole night. That's when you know it was like crazy right so i get up in the morning i send my kids to school i crash again till they come home stop girl yeah it, for those that are listening my shocked face is big right now like that whoa whoa yeah. it reminds me like uh like if my husband's traveling or something when he comes home it's like it's like the anxiety of you know just being home alone for a night or two and then he'll come home and i'll zonk too because it's like it's just it's not because it's like oh my my big husband's home and he's gonna protect me it's just like the anxiety of being home alone and taking care of the dogs and working a full-time job and and so when he comes home it's like literally this release of anxiety and i learned because i didn't know what it was but i learned that, that was the pattern that like once you are able to release it you just literally can't do anything but sleep. So that's probably where you were at. You were just like, your your brain was like maxed and it like defense mechanism just shut. I think it did. I think it did shut down because I remember like, as like, even when I got up in the morning to get the kids ready for school, like I didn't even look at social media. Like I was just like, I can't even look at this cover right now. I can't, I just felt emotionally drained. And maybe mm -hmm. it's because, I mean, some people might listen to this and think, oh my God, that's so silly. It's just an album. Like someone just announced an album, but like, this is what I do. Like, this is what we do. Yes. Like I'm, I'm a full-time content creator, like about Taylor Swift content. So when you are, you know, your life kind of in some sense, you know, revolves around that as part of what you do, it's big news. it's very big news and it's, and for it to be surprise news was even more shocking. Well, that's exactly how I felt because I was, I just wasn't happy with myself. Like it, sometimes, you know, that feeling where you have anxiety and it's not driven by anything. And you're just like, I don't know where this feeling's coming from. I can't explain it. 
And so I was talking, talking out with my, uh, my unlicensed therapist, my husband, and was saying like, I just think the feeling that I'm feeling right now is that I'm feeling really behind. Like, I think that I feel like everything was clued up to this. And we, you know, there were some things that I immediately was like, yep, yep, yep. But then I'm like, there's so much more. And then, you know, you get on TikTok and people are already sending me theories. And I'm like, mm -hmm. not, not that it's competition to get the theory first, like by any means. I just feel like I'm like, I have so much. I've been spending the last year going down all these rabbit holes that didn't like lead to this. So now it's like, we got to abandon those side quests and get back on track with this. And, you know, we can always revisit, but it just kind of felt like, okay, the train didn't just leave the station. The train is on different tracks and I need to figure out like how, and so that's, that was my instinct as a Swift talker and as a theorist was, this was a surprise and we've got a lot of catching up to do. And I did feel behind, like I saw, you know, as you're scrolling, I mean, people expect me to have a video up with a yeah. ton of theories about the track list. And I just wasn't there mentally yet, honestly, to be completely honest. I'm, I don't know if I am even now, like I have, I have more thoughts about the track list and like, I can tell you what came to my mind the first time I looked at, at the track list and what I think this album is and what I think, I think I have a pretty good grasp on what this album is and how it's going to go. But if you would have asked me that yesterday, I, I just, I've been needing sometimes I don't know, I can get very overstimulated and then I have to just take a beat and, mm -hmm. you know, now I'm kind of coming out of the fog, but. Well, and honestly, that's a good point is like this episode, we'll get into our initial thoughts, but I'm sure they'll fully develop. And I feel the same. That's why we're recording on a Tuesday instead of a Monday. Like you and I were like, we need an extra day just yeah. to think through because, um, just because there's so much. And I made a few TikToks last night about some of the track names that stood out to me. And one of them, actually, they're all doing very, very well. But one of them is like over 300,000 views as we speak. And we've gotten tons and tons of followers. So if That's this awesome. is your first episode, welcome. Um, really excited about that. And I think, um, you know, as somebody who just started a Taylor Swift podcast, uh, thank you, Taylor. She's always feeding us. But this was one of those things where I was like, holy shit. And I also think about like, here's my big take that I love about all of this is there are so many new Swifties and or people who have loved her music, but haven't really been into theories and clowning that just got the biggest, you know, it's, it gives me reputation vibes where when profiles were cut and she removed everything and she reposted the snakes, like just the pandemonium of it all and that shock and that excitement and the unknown, this is feeling very much like that. And so for those who were clowning for rep back in November on her last show on 1126 and we didn't get it and we're like severely disappointed and then we're clowning for rep again at the Grammys for her to just not give us what we expect and to give us something more and better, not be I shouldn't compare better, just a bigger surprise um, is such a gift, you know, for the newer Swifties or people who are just now clowning. like, this is why it's fun. Like it is so fucking right. fun. And, right. um, and it's, it's music guys. It's art. It's just joy. Like it's, it's, it's not who we are as people. It's not, you know, it doesn't define our lives, but it's one of those things where it's like art is such a huge piece of our lives. And Taylor's music is such a great art that we have carried through our lives. I'm sure many of you have. So like, it is okay to be this fucking excited about a new album. Right. I mean, just the thought of us getting 17 new songs in April is just blowing my mind. Like, wow. Yeah. 
and the way that I was like, she never going to release something in the spring. I definitely was you saying totally that. Like- said that. <laughs> you totally said that. Oh my God. We were all kind of, and I don't even, honestly, you guys, I don't even know where I came up with April 19th. I think I was just looking through some Fridays in April and that one caught my eye because it was National Poetry and Creative Mind Day, which obviously I've always thought of her as a poet first, like always. And I remember doing this TikTok. So you can pull this TikTok up, my April 19th TikTok. And um, it's International Cat Lady Day. And I'm like, ooh, that would be a good Friday for her to release Rep, right? Rep TV, which is what all of us, because I didn't go off the course of Rep TV because I did that when Speak Now was coming and I was hell bent that it was going to be 1989 TV. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I'm not going to veer like that again, like that. I'm not going to do that pivot. I'm just going to go along with, you know, what everyone's saying and, and it's Rep TV. Plus there were tons of clues, tons of clues for Rep TV. So I saw that and I'm like, I think she's going to release it on April 19th. And I showed my husband the TikTok right after I did it. And he's like, poetry and creative mind day. You're really linking that. That's a reach, <laughs> Jesse. And then he's like, I surrender. Like I, you are, you were right on that one. That was stupid of me to say. I'm like, yeah, damn right. It is kind of corny. It's like so literal. <laughs> it's crazy. Like it's just, it's, it's like an egg I thought I had, but I didn't know it was an egg. Yeah. Well, and I actually got a text. I think Monica is the one who told me Jesse guessed it. And I was like, huh? She did. <laughs> like I, I've not only been in that episode, I, I edited it. I listened to it back for quality checks and I did not recall you saying that. And so, um, yeah, yeah I got that video up right away. Cause I'm like, thank you for being our, our mastermind. I'm just the <laughs> video editor. And no, uh, you are a mastermind. Yeah. You're a complete mastermind. I don't, I mean, yeah. Well, and I did think TS 11 was next. I had said that several times. I kept referring to what would be my own coin term, which is not a good, it's not a good term to coin, but I was calling it re-recording fatigue. And that's not for people like you and I, or, you know, people who are probably listening to this podcast. You're like, what do you mean re-recording fatigue? I could get as many as I, as I, you know, at one a day for the next five days. Right. But for me, I think about the Swifties or not even Swifties, right. The Taylor Swift fans who wouldn't even identify as Swifties because they're just not that into the whole lore and, and whatever, who do like her music and have enjoyed it over the years for us to get like, Speak Now, 1989, Reputation, and Debut, all kind of within that quick period, I felt like those people might not buy every album. They may not go into every vault song as deep as, you know, and it might just be seasonality with what they're going through. And so that's why I called it fatigue, because I'm like, if she wanted to knock them out for her own personal reasons of owning her music, makes total sense. But I do love that she's giving us a breath from the re-recordings with new music, Mm -hmm. so that when we do get Reputation, like, she's got to... The longer she holds it, the more we're going to be like, please. Oh, yeah. I mean, and the whole pattern that she's done, you know, Fearless, Red, Midnight's, Speak Now, 89, Poets. So, like, there is a pattern going on there. Um, <sighs> I'm spiraling. So what do you think 112 is then? Because we still have 216 coming up. Merch drop. I- <laughs> Honestly, I can't, I mean, like at this point, I think you can still clown for rep if you want to for 216. Definitely. But I, I can't see her changing the whole vibe of her website now, which is all poets um, to rep TV and then back to poets. I, I don't see anything coming before this album is released. I think we're getting different vibes. I think it's a much softer, more intimate 
vibe. You know, we talked a little bit about the album cover ahead of this, and Nikki mm-hmm. made a really great video. If you haven't seen Nikki King 23's video about this, um, it's one of the first albums that she's probably been in, like, just, I don't even know, I guess 1989, her face wasn't really in it, the first one. Um, but it's just a different look. And so Nikki had talked about like that. Some people are saying like, it's very sexy and sensual and just kind of thinking like, why, why do we think that? Like, why is that our instinct? And I've got some thoughts as to why people might think that's their instinct. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't think it's sexy. I think it's painful. I think she's, I think she's, she's, uh, be it's intimate and maybe it's, it's good intimate, but that doesn't mean sexy. Um, so what are your thoughts on the album cover? Um, my It never entered my mind that it was a sexy photo. I remember thinking she stripped down, like intimate, hmm. stripped down. But I, I never saw it like that. But when I watched Nikki's video and it kind of clicked, there were some people saying, oh, it's like her sexiest cover yet, this and that. I'm like, wow, it's weird that people's minds would go to that because to me, it looks like someone on a bed writhing in pain. And it, it, you know, and the, I don't know how to explain it. It's just very raw to me. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's paired back, you know? And I think, mm-hmm. um, you know, one way that it's sexy is the dropped shoulder strap, right? So that's, mm-hmm. uh, that's something that somebody might grab onto the black and the white, obviously, um, she's on a bed and a I just top. think. Yeah, the you know there. So if you thought it was sexy, we're not like you know coming down on you like well, how dare you think it's sexy? I just think it's just interesting to think like that. Um, that we all kind of got got different things. And honestly, for me, because I was going down like the femme fatale route leading up to it, so I initially when I saw it was like femme fatale, I'm, I'm on it. And then I looked at it again, like closer, and I was like, oh wait, no, this is not femme fatale. This is uh, like you said, it it feels very pared back, vulnerable, intimate. Um, and I do think that uh, we'll see. I mean, maybe it is a totally sexy van- vigilante shit type album, or maybe it's something that um, is a little bit more of like a, I would say it's probably a lot more poetry and pain. Yeah, I think Especially so now that we have the track list. So, okay. So moving on now to what we think the album is about. All right. The Tortured Poets Department. The first thing I kind of thought when I saw it was, vulnerable and you just said the word I'm like it's tort she has the word tortured in it I mean if you think about that word alone it is just screaming pain that's a Um, really good point I think that's a good context clue for why when we're looking at it if somebody's like I don't see pain maybe that's a part of you know our instinct yeah and the back cover with her like draping her hand on the doorframe and her eyes are closed and she just looks like she's defeated like completely mm-hmm. defeated. Well, she was defeated in Midnight's. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of head in the hands. Uh, like, you know, we had so many different album cover versions, but I, you know, a few of them kind of feel that same vibe of just agony. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some of them do. Now, okay, let's talk about the elephant in the room. So I've seen a couple of TikToks or some some social media posts about, well, this album's going to be about a certain someone and this and that. No, his name is Joe Alwyn. The album's going to be about Joe Alwyn, right? So we get, at least I think this is going to be the Joe Alwyn breakup album because there's no way this woman writes one of the best breakup albums of all time, Red, after dating Jake Gyllenhaal for about three months. 
And then she's with Joe Alwyn for almost six years, almost seven years. And we don't get any breakup album or any insight to the art that she made from that pain. There's no, there's no way like this is it. I mean, I think we have gotten some of the art from the pain, you know, if this pain really does kind of, I think this might close the loop for a lot of what we saw in folklore evermore. I've even said, you know, back in the lover days, like Cornelia street years into relationship singing, I hope I never lose you. I hope it never ends. And again, like she might be singing about somebody else, a different relationship, a past love. So that's not to say every song she wrote about Joe Al- or during her relationship with Joe Alvin was about him by any means. So, but I did feel a lot of anxiety in her music kind of throughout the years that I, it, I took note of just because, you know, being in a happy, loving relationship, I, you know, I start to, you start to feel like, okay, am I going through this? No. Um, and so that's, again, it's not right or wrong. It's just, I do think there were some clues of the relationship, maybe not being picture perfect the whole time. And so mm-hmm. this will be very telling. And I think we don't want to speculate on Taylor's love life and stuff like that, but she was dating Joe for six years, right? There's, I mean, this is not, this is not some speculation. It's, it's to your point, she's going to write music about it in a very transparent way, in a very self, um, like biography type way like she always has and through folklore and evermore she kind of took a break from that and midnights was a little bit like is it isn't it like what what are these songs and so um it will be interesting if she does ever come out ahead of it or after and say yeah these are like biography written about me um which i believe they probably are well there's i mean not every song might be about joe alwyn there could still be songs that have to do with her losing her work and you know the torture of that. I mean, I don't think every single song is going to be about Joe Alwyn, but like the majority, it is going to wreck us. Like I want to warn everybody ahead of time. Now, this is a folklore. I think it's going to be like a folklore on steroids. So I think she's, I think it's going to get dark. I think it's going to get deep and that's just my foreshadowing of it. Yeah. I agree. My mutual friend on TikTok, one of my the first people I followed, she was the one who introduced me to the karma theory and stuff. She had an account with like almost, or it was a little over 10,000 followers before it got shut down because of copyright and all that. Um, but Confessions of a Swifty 13, she made a video and she said, it's giving sad girl autumn, but in a fun spring way. And I was like, this is like, this is the, it is, it is, it's giving sad girl seasonal depression, but in a fun spring way, because we're getting into, we're getting into April. And so I'm gonna, I'm gonna hold on to that. And hopefully that's exactly what we get. Yeah. I mean, I'm ready for it. Like I'm, I, I don't think this is our Woodvale and I've had a lot of people message me, Jesse, this is your Woodvale, blah, blah, blah. And the more I think about it, yes, it's the same number of tracks as Folklore Evermore, but it this is this, this is divorce is of it this is its own entity i yeah. i agree and i think honestly i'm going to say something really stupid for people maybe but i the fact that the title's not one word feels like it's not right. the trilogy like you, you know for those of you that don't know this is the longest titled album taylor has has ever had every single album is one word except for speak now which was her third album and cuz i'm just i'm not going to assume everybody knows everything you know Oh, yeah, no, definitely. um, Her third album, which came out in 2010. Yes. Yeah. Um, The Tortured Poets Department. It's just different. It's when I saw the title, I'm just like, hmm. Okay. So now here I'm thinking 
is it produced by Jack Antonoff or will it be produced by Aaron Dessner or both? I'm getting Aaron vibes. And we've talked a little bit about how they've written all these songs together. I couldn't find the the video or where he said that they kept writing the night after the Grammys, but I feel like there was something there from when they wrote Folklore. I wouldn't, okay, so I'm getting Aaron vibes too, but I would not be surprised if Jack Antonoff, and Jack Antonoff is, you know, lead singer of Bleachers. He's three times in a row Grammy winning producer of the year. Yep. Um, he has worked with Taylor on everything since Midnight's, or not since Midnight's, since 1989, the original era. Um, and then Aaron is someone, is a producer who is lesser known. He's with the national and he kind of came into Taylor's life during the pandemic. So folklore evermore were very heavily steered by Aaron. Um, this seems more like a softer Aaron type of album, but I would not be surprised if, cause we've seen her recording so much with Jack. Yeah. If well, Jack did have something to do with this. I mean, Jack has produced some of her softer songs, right? It's not, um, it's not impossible. Is You're Losing Me, was that Jack? Yeah, because it's he Jack. posted about, duh. Yeah. Well, and that really stood out to me. I think the, so if you guys don't know, You're Losing Me is a bonus track that was gifted to us uh, in the summer of 2023. So Midnight's came out October, 2022. Um, there was various like versions. We got all these extra tracks and stuff. And then in the end of May of 2023, she's already been touring for a few months. She announces that she has this song called You're Losing Me and it's going to be on CD only at the shows that weekend. I think it was East Rutherford, New Jersey. Yeah. Cause my had... show was right after and it was at my show. Which one was it? The Chicago? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Were you like wanting the CDs and they didn't show up? Um, no, I bought like 10 of them. Oh, they were there. Okay. So it wasn't yeah. just that weekend, but you had to go to the Ares tour. Yeah. You had to be there to get them. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Got it. So um, I was nowhere near either of those. So, and I also was not that crazy at the time, but I would do it now. I would do it now. <laughs> um, but so the, you had to get the physical copy. There were some that were ripped on TikTok. I think I saved a TikTok video of it that was had really good audio. And I played it from my camera roll in my car. Like it was, <laughs> it was obsessive. Um, but I say all that to say that was bootlegged on the internet. If you didn't have a physical copy for the better half of 2023. So you had May until she won the global Spotify artist of the year. And she released you're losing me on that weekend in December. And then Jack Antonoff posted on his Instagram story, a picture of Taylor and straight up said in a very probably not normal fashion. Cause they don't usually just come out with this stuff like this, but he said that that was a picture of her right after they had recorded you're losing me. And he gave the exact date and it was December 4th, 2021. Correct. Yep. Right before they had written and recorded it. Yeah. Yeah. So, so really kind of time stamping for us that you're losing me, which is a very devastating, clear breakup song likely about Joe Alwyn. Um, and so when I heard for her to say, this is a two-year-old project, that's one of the things that connects it to a breakup all like a breakup Alwyn. <laughs> I just coined that a breakup album about Joe Alwyn. Yeah, I mean the timeline gets kind of fuzzy. It does when you're looking at it because twelve five of twenty one, her and Jack write "You're Losing Me," which may not be a full breakup song. It just means you're losing me. Do something, babe. Say something. Like they might not have been completely broken up by then. Mm -hmm. Um. But 
it, I feel like it was something they held on to and didn't think of releasing until or unless something were to happen with Taylor and Joe, because we have evidence all the way up through February of 23 that Joe and Taylor were together. They were out seeing furniture shopping. They were at the Grammys after party together in um, December of 22. They were in New Orleans. Uh, Joe was filming the movie and, and Taylor was there for her birthday. So uh, yes, they could have been having problems and she could have been documenting that through song and lyrics. Um, But the timeline is a little wonky. I will admit that. Yeah. Yeah. And the whole idea of the vault track being like, you know, the timeline that they released, it was weird, but I do agree with you. Six years is a long ass time. That is essentially a divorce. That is an unraveling of lives that have been interwoven in so many ways, like not just financially and living in the same homes, but the memories, like a best friend. And, you know, no matter what happened, I'm sure we'll find out more, but you know, that was not easy for either party. And so it's no surprise that they had tough times. They don't, you don't just like wake up one day and look at your partner of six years and say, you good. I'm good. I'll see you later. It's like, there's probably many breakups and coming back together that happened during that. Definitely. I mean, it could have been a really rocky relationship. We don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it, some of these titles, the track titles, let's talk about those because they're some of them can seem scathing. I mean, some of them seem like, ooh, I'm like Yikes. scared to listen to this. So when I first saw the track list, the first thing I saw was Fortnite and I was like the game. And for people who are listening who are not in the United States, Fortnite is not a term that we use. Um, I'm learning through the comments of some of our TikToks that it is a more common word elsewhere. Um, But so all I know about Fortnite is it's like a video game that Mm -hmm. all ton. I mean, it blew up in the US if it hasn't blown up internationally. I'm sure it did, though. Um, So I'm like, Fortnite, Fortnite. And then I saw Post Malone and I squealed. And then I just took 20 minutes off and I was like, I can't even read the rest. I'm done. It's heavy. Like when yeah. you and I think the track list got released sooner than she had intended because I think there were a few leaks out there. Mm-hmm. Um, which is horrible. But again, you're that big, you're in the music industry, it's gonna be hard not to get, you know, to get around that stuff. Yep. But okay, so we have Fortnite, which is I did not know the term meant two weeks or 14 days. I did not know that. Did you learn that when I posted it to our podcast yes. channel? <laughs> yes. I thought I knew it was like a UK term, but I thought it meant the next night. Yeah. I didn't know what it meant. I was texting with Nikki and I had another kind of theory I'd come up with that I did later make a video about. And I was like, I'm just sending this to you guys. I sent it to a little group and was like, because I just am too lazy to make a video. I was exhausted. And then yeah. when I thought of the Fortnite thing and I sent it to Nikki, she goes, you're making the video, get up and go make the video. And I'm glad she did. Cause I made that and two others uh, last night. And, um, they're just simple. You know, these are not, I didn't really think it through just like, Hey, here's some lyrical comparisons that I'm finding just from looking at title tracks and they may not be true and they're not right. that deep, you know? Well, you had said too, it was a good video. You had said, you know, midnights was 13 sleepless nights. And now we're, that's the 14th night. Yes. Because like the old English, I think it means two weeks. And like, if you're going to use it, which first off, if you're from another country that uses Fortnite, I don't understand how you use that in normal language. Like, I don't think I've ever said, I mean, unless I'm saying two weeks from now, but like, when do I say that? Like, I'll see you in a fortnight. In a fortnight. So is it, is it not so literal? Like, it's probably not like, I'll literally see you two weeks from now. Probably, 
it probably maybe it loosely means two weeks like i'll see you in a fortnight like i'll see you in like two weeks like pretty soon yeah yeah um we probably uh sound really dumb if we're way off but i've just never have said i'll see you in two weeks type of thing but um but anyway so but the literal term that google pulled up which we know google is fact so uh the internet is never lies so what i saw from google search and clicking twice and not going too deep into you know the whole lore of this uh, old english word was that it meant 14 nights originally and now it's kind of like 14 days or two weeks but the whole 14th night thing i was like holy shit like it's 13 sleepless nights is midnight obviously we got more than 13 tracks but you know it's maybe it's the 14th night or maybe it's kind of saying like we're through with midnights and this is the next turning of the page well and another reason i think this is probably about joe alwyn is that april 19th was the great unfollowing where everybody unfollowed him on instagram like gg uh, ryan reynolds blake lively the heim sisters i mean there's something that happened we just maybe don't know what it is yet but we're about to find out i yeah, mean and she doesn't toot- hold back no she doesn't her- and to toot your horn for those who are listening who have heard that elsewhere, you said that two weeks before all this happened, you were saying mm-hmm. it's going to be Reputation Taylor's version and it's going to be tied to Joe because Joe was a huge influence on Reputation, but you were just a hair off mm-hmm. of that it, it was about Joe. It's just not Reputation. Right. And you, if you think about him being her muse, and she even says on the back cover of Poets, my muses you know, became bruises. Joe, she's mentioned Joe being her muse several times in her music, and it started with reputation. So you have reputation, lover, folklore, evermore, midnights. Like that's five albums this man could have inspired. And you're telling me we're not going to get some kind of breakup album art out of this? I don't think so. Yeah, my instinct is that midnights was if they were broken up let's start there i don't mean to speculate but if they were broken up midnights might have been um you know a palate cleanser for us to say like hey things are not as good as they seem and i mean if they pr rolled out the breakup news then they did it very well because we got a little taste that things might be off they broke up we started saying midnights is the breakup album putting the clues together and then, you know, You're Losing Me comes out, which is a lot more devastating. So, and and she fell in love in the meantime, which I think is fucking fantastic. I think that, you know, there's gonna be a lot of people who come out, especially, um, you know, people who just hate Taylor Swift anyway, and are like, well, if she really loves Travis Kelsey, why would she be writing an album that's a breakup album? Like, you know, clearly she's not over Joe. And it's like, no, she's a songwriter. She's a poet. She has mm-hmm. always, you know, through art and through lyrics, written her life story. And she's not going to skip a chapter just because she jumped ahead to finding love again. I think it's serendipitous right. that she did, but like, doesn't take away from the fact that this album probably needed to happen for her. Exactly. Exactly. And I was kind of thinking that if she's going to release a Joe breakup album, it needs to probably happen soon before her and Travis start, you know, it continues. But yeah, I mean, she could have been working on this for, you know, a year or two, and she's not going to give that up because she's dating somebody. I can see the next album being more Travis centered, but she needs to get through this musically first. Well, there could be some Travis inspired, right? Kind of like the ending, maybe like maybe it gets hopeful and 
and maybe she finds love again i mean red had begin again like there you know there were songs on red that weren't you know yeah completely devastating and who knows a couple of these might even be about maddie we we don't know i mean <laughs> yeah right you never know so we go to the second song the tortured poets department which is the title track um i really there's a few of these i have some thoughts on but until i really listen to them i'm not gonna like people are like claim your track or like you know blah blah, blah. i don't know i don't know i i gotta hear them you know three my boy only breaks his favorite toys and my first thought was i think your first thought was this is why we can't have nice things yes Yep. The other thing I was thinking of is shiny toy. You know that I bought it. Like that reminded me of toys at the end of that track three. Well, and so I made a video relaying, uh, relating those two, right? The bad, bad boy, shiny toy with the price and saying mm -hmm. he broke his favorite toys. Somebody else, uh, actually multiple people now uh, in the comments talked about better than revenge. And um, she says, soon she'll find out stealing other people's toys on the playground won't make you very many friends. And so that's just another great example of her referencing people as toys. I think we're going to see, since this essentially, I think is just going to be absolute poetry, I think we're going to mm -hmm. see callbacks to old lyrics. So she, yes. I mean, in her own way, I know she says she doesn't want people speculating about who this and that is about and she wants it to read but part of her marketing is us knowing Guessing. who it's a about you know um and it's a brilliant marketing strategy well it's but brilliant for her not to say because what she does and doesn't confirm people will talk right mm -hmm. there's plenty of things throughout the years that even people don't think dear john is it about john mayer right um they think it's about what it was it martin johnson or something so like Oh, I've never heard that. Have you not heard that? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and then when she did the Dear John um, surprise song this summer, she said who you think it's about. Um, and so people then, of course, that validates. Anyway, I say all that to say the more that we don't know about the details, the more we talk. And she loves this. And we love it. Like, it's great. Like, there's nothing um, weird. Well, maybe it is weird. But the we have mutually agreed that this is part of the fandom, which is yeah. us kind of scoping things out. And no, we're not speculating that she's dating somebody who she was seen 10 feet from on the red carpet. Like it's, right. it's clearly a relationship she was in. Right. She clearly told us she was in love with Joe Alwyn. Like, I mean, six years. I mean, she told us in the documentary, it was, it's been a thing. And I just feel like this is so connected to that. And then I see her following this up with, because this is going to be a depressing album. Like, I'm I'm just foreseeing that right now. It's going to wreck us. And I cannot wait. I you know guys get your, uh, get your taxes paid, get your sunlight in, get the spring ready, and then be ready to, like, literally go into your house. Like, um, just and knock yeah. out. Get into, like, a dry bathtub with a bottle <laughs> of wine and just shut the lights off and sit there and listen to it um but okay so track four down bad like that track scares me already down bad and my initial instinct was because usher is playing at the super bowl this weekend was the she's got it she's got it bad i know it's oh. not related whatsoever but that was i thought. just think god that's like down bad with like a depression or something is what so for those of you that don't know too track fives are her most vulnerable songs on the album to her um so her track five is called so long london oof 
Yeah. And I, I, the first thing I thought, cause of course you look at a track list and you run to track five. So for those who are newer to Swifty hood, like Jess said, she has confirmed that that's not speculation that track mm-hmm. fives are her most emotional ones. Um, all too well was a track five, if that gives you any context. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, um, I initially thought of you're on your own kid because you're on your own kid is from midnight's track five. And it's about, you know, being in another stage and realizing you're on your own. And so the idea of like, so long London is very much like, you know, like I'm moving on new life. Moving on literally too, because she, she had a flat there with Joe and Joe's obviously, you know, from London, he's London, he's the London boy off of lover. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's like, this might not be just about her losing that relationship, but like maybe the relationship she had with his family and friends and the city. I mean, how can you ever look at the city the same again? Yeah. Well, and one thing you just made me think of with the London thing was April 19th was the first shots that were fired in the American Revolutionary War against the British, which is the biggest level of fucking petty. I love it. I love it so much. And I don't mean that. Like, I love the British. Like, it ends with hundreds of years ago. So when I say I love it, I'm not talking about, oh, we seceded the British. Like, whatever. That's old history. I mean, like, the fact that she chose a date and she's written songs like like, uh, London Boy and, you know, you know, I love the British and stuff like that. (laughs) Then Mm -hmm. I think that's another clue if we don't have enough already that this is the, uh, the breakup album. Yeah. Cause really Joe hasn't said anything, nor has he done anything to give us any insight into the breakup or the relationship. So the first shots fired are from her. I mean, really? Yeah. Well, and it's the start of the, the, you know, the (laughs) seceding the union. I'm just making up terms. That's not actually what they did in the revolutionary war. I think that was the civil war. Um, yeah, I'm not real good on history. Yeah. Um, That is a weird day to, to pick. I mean, yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm nervous for that one, but London boy on lover is like one of my favorite songs. So I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry for your loss for me. (laughs) Um, okay. So number six, but daddy, I love him, (laughs) which is from the little mermaid. If you don't know. But daddy, I love him. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, so the Little Mermaid, as we know, and I've done several videos about her link to the Little Mermaid. It was it came out in 1989, the same year Taylor was born. And it's about um, essentially a woman who loses her voice, gives up her voice for the love of her life. And maybe Taylor did give up some of her voice for Joe because she was, she mentioned in the time article that she was out of the public eye for years because they were so private. And she said, that's time I can't get back. Yeah. So, ah, that one, I thought for the longest time that, um, the little mermaid reference, because she dressed as a little mermaid for Halloween recently, what, like 2022. Um, no, that was about, Ooh, that was back in like 2018 or 19. Oh, okay. Like probably during like the lover year. But yeah, it was because it was right around whenever she had her master's sold and all of that. So to me, mm-hmm. that's how she lost her voice. Um, and the other way that it's linked, which I'm sure you've thought of. Well, there's also a link for this title track to Harry Styles yes. as well. And 
uh, you know, if, if you follow Harry Styles or you're in, into all that, like I'm a huge Harry Styles fan, but I remember the fandom back then he famously wore a shirt that said, but daddy, I love him. And it just made like these, it, it was just like a ripple. Like people were just like, it's so in awe, like he's wearing the shirt. Why? You know? Um, but like I said before, there's been this back and forth and I have it in my TikToks. Um, about like the lion ring and her wearing the lion ring and then the gold Russian Eagle street and his video, there is something there. And I don't know if a collab is coming, but I could see it. Yeah. What the hell are they doing? Honestly, I was thinking about the daddy. I love him t-shirt. And, um, the fact that if she had not fallen in love with Travis Kelsey in such a convincing way, not that we, you know, just not fake. It's not like she needed to convince us, but like, we are all, we know it we'd be like, is Harry still on the table? Is, is this another not like, you know, you would think, are they going to get back together? Um, and so it's kind of nice to like, you know, know that that's not the possibility, even if it is um, a reference to Harry or there's something there, um, mm -hmm. you know, and I say it's nice to know because, you know, not everything could be a mystery. We got to have some things that are planted in fact. Um, and so we do know, obviously she's in love with Travis Kelsey. And so if this is referencing Harry, it's probably in a platonic way or in a reflective way. I also had the thought that it could be about Maddie because I can see her parents not necessarily loving that relationship and some friction there. Um, I could see that. Okay. So when I first read it, because I didn't, I don't go that deep into, you know, little mermaid lore like you have. And I also, um, didn't think of the Harry Styles shirt. So as a normal person, no, I'm just kidding. Um, I thought of um, Love Story, the song, mm -hmm. you know, because her dad said she couldn't marry him. And she's like, but yeah. daddy, I love him. So I was like, oh, this might be the Romeo and Juliet kind of vibe. See, and there's so much, this is so cool that you can have this discussion just about track titles, but like, yeah. we'll not, we're not going to really know till we hear no. the songs. These are just like speculation points, but number seven, fresh out the slammer. Okay. The minute I saw that, the minute <laughs> you could be my jailer. Yes. I made the video on that one. <laughs> yes. So in rep are you ready for it? There is a line that Taylor says, you can be my jailer, which you call, we call Joe and Taylor jailer Burton to this Taylor. So she, we know she loves to like Burton and, um, Elizabeth Taylor. Uh, so she's kind of saying to Joe, you can be the Burton to my Taylor, you know, my Liz Taylor. Um, and now this is kind of like a play on that fresh out the slammer. Like she's, ah, out yeah. of yikes like out of jail but also like did she feel suffocated and locked up during that whole time with joe where that he wanted to keep things so private potentially so you've got you know the idea of being locked down but locking down could be a good thing like you gotta yeah. lock that down girl lock it down a lot i see a lot of people talk about joe as if he's done something horribly horribly wrong and I haven't seen that yet. So like I keep saying in my TikToks, and I've said it on here, I don't have a reason to dislike Joe at this point. No, you I, loved Joe. Like I you're did. a big Joe stan. I think that's good to go on the record and say that. Like you, you love, and you probably still have respect for, and that's the thing, to your point, where you're headed, I'm just going to finish your fucking sentence. I'm sorry. But like, he hasn't done anything egregious publicly that we're aware of. 
So maybe he has like, again, maybe that's what's coming. But at this time, it's like we, you know, we just have to understand they're two different people and that he's done some shitty shit, like the tortured men's club comment. Right. But like, that doesn't make him like, you know, the worst person on earth. Um, Mm -hmm. But maybe he is. And we're about to find out who knows, but we got to let Taylor tell us and not get too far into our assumptions. And and that's what even like when I said, even after you're losing me, I didn't feel like it was that scathing of a song. Now, if we get this album and we find out he cheated on her or something crazy, then, yeah, that might change my perspective. But it's just, if it's just poetically about people who are in different places in their life and they're moving apart. I mean, like I said, I've always liked Joe, always still like Joe. But if he did cheat on her, fuck that guy. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> um So track eight is Florida with three exclamation points featuring Florence and the machine. I have no idea what this one is. None. Florida. Zero. No, it's just so funny. It's like, I don't know. I, 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 it's my kind of humor. Like what the fuck Taylor, Florida, three exclamation points. Like it reminds me of the slut, you know, where you're like, yeah. (laughs) Like, I don't even know when she's been to Florida other than playing in Tampa. I don't know. I, that's that's when I'm really interested in hearing. Honestly, I'm interested in that one. Yes. Nine guilty as sin question mark, as in a question. Guilty yep. as sin. I don't know. I don't really have much. Do you on that one? No, not really. I I mean, I've seen people talk about like holy ground and stuff. Not holy mm-hmm. ground. Uh, what was the one? Uh, false god. You know, like she's she's alliterated to God and and holy stuff before. So maybe don't something blame like that. me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, number 10, who's afraid of little old me? That one right away caught my eye. And I just thought of who's afraid of Virginia Woolf. Oh, you did? Yes. Immediately. Tell me about that. I saw that in a comment and I didn't, I didn't know. I mean, there's the overstimulation of what's happened. Like to your point, you're not big on watching other TikTok uh, no. you know, theories or anything. Um, I just get it on my for you page. I, I go my for you page for my own, just like internal, you know, enjoyment of life. Um, and so I feel like I saw the Virginia Wolf thing in the comment and it clicked where I'm like, I'm going to rely on Jesse to figure the fuck out with that because all the inboxes, if you guys are sitting in our inbox right now, I apologize. I know we've gotten several messages. Mm-hmm. So just know that like since Sunday, life has been a little bit on overload. Um, so anyway, I saw Virginia Wolf's name and I was like, that's random. Jesse's going to figure it out. So the fact that you just said you did or you thought mm-hmm. of it, um as well because i've seen several people so it's obviously something people are thinking about what does it mean what is it okay so it's a play right it was a play in a movie and it's kind of based upon this married couple i need to watch it again honestly um but (laughs) interesting enough guess who plays the husband and wife burton and elizabeth taylor um that yeah. would make sense why other people would have drawn that conclusion too then. Yep. Yeah. And the play, which is different than the movie, came out on October 13th. So there's some ties there for sure. Um, but I'm going to have to rewatch the movie to get more into it. But I just, the minute I read that title, I was just like, oh, who, you know, who's afraid of Virginia Woolf? It's got to have something. Cause I think that all these might have literary connections. They might. Somehow. Yeah. We gotta, we gotta brush up on our poetry. I'm like still in fucking art history mode over here. And I gotta, I gotta start yeah. reading haikus. I think, um, I know. I think this is going to be a definite quill pen album. And then for those of you that don't know what I'm talking about, Taylor 
um, categorizes her albums and her songs into three different sections. So she has fountain pen songs, which most of them fall into, and that's just about her life and like all too well. Okay. The the lyrics just flow because they're so part of her life. I'm just making that up. Yeah. Is that true? Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. No, that's true. Like a like a, a fountain um, pen just yep. flows. Yep. And then the second category would be the glitter gel pen songs, like Shake It Off. You know, like the fun, not too deep. Me. Um, me. Yeah. And then um, you have the quill pen songs, which are like Ivy and Evermore and um, Tolerate It. And it's it's more liter- like old literary works like Wordsworth and Emily Dickinson, Charlotte Bronte. Like that's what I'm seeing. My vision for this album, I'm seeing it being more of like a quill pen. Like a album. vintage quill pen. Mm-hmm. Um, Which I love. I mean, yes. that's my favorite type of writing from her. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you said, who's afraid of little old me? I thought of when I used to fight. When I fight, you used to tell me I was brave. I oh. don't know why. I can't really one-to-one that's it. interesting. But just being like, you know, when, isn't that like when I used to fight, you used to tell, it's like when you don't sing it, it doesn't sound right. Tell me I was, yeah. That's from My Tears Ricochet, which is a track five on folklore. So it's a significant song. But yeah, just being like, I always loved that lyric because I'm like, you know, you think about when you're in love or in your relationship and you're like, yeah, somebody who told you you're brave, now I'm fighting you. And it's not, it's not looking so brave, is it? So, yeah. And it's interesting that she says, who's afraid of little old me when in Midnight's she compared herself to a monster on a hill? Oh, maybe that's where the lyric or the, not the lyric, the literature comes in. Maybe the little old me, the little old lady. I don't know. I'm just making this up, but there could be some. um... There could be a tie to that for Mm -hmm. sure. I um, think that this is, this album is going to be the hardest for us to decipher. Yeah. And it's going to be years of work. Yeah. The most poetic callback to other albums other lyrics other events in her life that I mean there's going to be theories and analysis on these songs for years I know that's why I felt so fucking behind man I was like Same. I just felt like I'm like I'm still you know figuring out the re-records and the 1989 vault tracks and here we are getting a whole new album <laughs> like I love it I that that came out like I was upset about it it's the best thing to ever happen but it it's is. gonna be a lot <laughs> It, it is it's and it's I'll be ready for it when it comes out like I'll be you're ready. not ready for it I was I'm thinking of ready. that lyric when t- I was I was thinking about that earlier I was like the fact that she started reputation with are you ready for it and at the time we weren't ready for it I'm like that was like conditioning us for what she just did on Grammy Sunday which was the biggest really surprise I feel like that we've had as Swifties mm-hmm. we were not ready no, we won't. But you not. will be ready by April 19th. We're, we're doing our homework. <laughs> I have time to let it sink in for sure. Yes. Track 11, I Can Fix Him, No Really I Can. That's a- I have thoughts about this, but I'm going to wait. I'm going to park those thoughts. You are. I just, uh, when I heard, when I saw that, I was like, that is, God, that is such a relatable situation even if you're in middle school or high school I mean I'm not, it's, it doesn't yeah. have to be like you you know you're in with somebody who's terrible and you're trying to truly fix them everyone felt that way mm-hmm. in a situationship that is not meant to be yes it's relatable I think to a lot of women too mm-hmm. um 
And it's one that I'm really looking forward to hearing, honestly. 12 is love of my life, but she has it all lowercase and it's L-O-M-L is how she has it written as the track, which is very weird. And it goes against everything else on this album because everything else is in caps. Starts Are with you cap. sure it's love of my life though? I think so. I mean, that's what I got from it. That's the abbreviation for it. So we got a comment hours ago that said, you know, what if it's last on my list? And then I started thinking of the Gary Peabody song, The Last Time from Red, which is, this is the last time I'm asking you this, put my name at the top of your list. Oh, interesting. See, this is interesting. We don't really know. We're not going to know. And like, that's just an inkling. I'm sure they had an inkling and I replied to it and I was like, oh my God, again, I just mentioned that song because when I read last on my list and she's made the top five reference before. So like that idea of like love meaning a list. Um, well, if it is, I mean, if it is love of my life, Harry does have a song called love of my life. Got it. Okay, Harry. <laughs> Not saying that's going to have anything to do with this. Yes. I'm just saying, like, they have shared titles of songs before. Daylight. Um, yeah. I, or maybe just... she'll just make weird noises, like a long wall. <laughs> that's the chorus. Yeah. It's just interesting to me that it's all lower caps. It just gives me a callback to, like, folklore evermore, you know? It does, yeah. And it obviously, the rest of it is very case-sensitive. I believe every other title had capital yep. letters on everything and everything yeah, else odd. very odd track 13 i can do it with a broken heart which oh my god that's gonna wreck us too i tolerate it baby i can do it when she rips the dagger out of her gut she that's can do right. it with a broken heart that's what i thought of was uh the sequel to tolerate Ooh, it potentially that's a good that's a good theory um, okay, 14, the smallest man who ever lived. That's interesting. I don't have anything for that right now. Do you know what I think it's going to be? Hmm. I think we this is going to be uh, like a slut track, the one where she came out with slut and we all thought it was going to be a glitter gel pin pop, you know, is going to be an anthem. Mm -hmm. I think people are going to suspect that this is going to be like a vigilante shit teardown. Like I'm calling you the littlest man that ever lived, but I feel like it's gonna be really fucking sad. Like I almost wonder if she takes those lyrics into a term that is more like, you know, it's sad that he feels that little or that he, you know, acts like that. I get, um, like scooter brawn vibes yeah i mean maybe it will be the vigilante shit it kind of falls on that part of the album she uh she put vigilante shit near the end just to kind of give us a i mean we gotta have one right i i really hope there's some vindictive lyrics here like i hope it's not just depression like i want something that you listen to and you just like want to take a knife out of the cupboard and i'm just kidding i'm just kidding <laughs> disclaimer just kidding <laughs> yeah just um, like nope no, I think that we're st we're still going to get our dose of petty from her yes. in this. Okay, so track 15 was The Alchemy. Am I saying that right? The Alchemy? You're asking me how to say something? No, I don't fucking okay. know. Okay, that so this, right. I tried to Google what this was, and I don't understand it. Okay, hold on. Well, let's pull it up on Google, and I'm going to play it. I'm going to play what Google says. Okay. Alchemy. 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 Um, so yeah, alchemy. So essentially, it's something about 
chemistry. Do you want me to reread? Here, I'll read it. So according according to Google in the very first dictionary reference, it pulls up because this is probably one of those words where there's several meanings, but it says it's a noun. The medieval forerunner of chemistry. Well, what the fuck is a forerunner? (laughs) Come on. Okay, so the evil forerunner of chemistry based on the supposed transformation of matter. It was it was concerned particularly with attempts to convert base metals into gold or to find a universal elixir. Oh, so and this is another bullet point in the definition. It says a seemingly magical process of transformation, creation, or combination. Uh, Taylor, this is going to be one that we've, we're going to have to deep dive. But one of the things that stood out to me was converting base metals into gold. The gold, because golden was what she used to refer to Joe as, the color. Yeah. And that's the only thing I got out of it. I don't really understand what it actually, you guys, if you guys have a better way of putting this into like layman's terms for us, please leave us a comment because I am interested to hear what someone tell me what it is like a teacher would, because I don't understand it. If you're um, listening to this on a podcast and you can't comment, run to our YouTube. And while you're there, subscribe. (laughs) (laughs) Self-promotion. But I, yeah, if you want to comment there, I do agree. And the other thing it made me think of is turning water into wine. Like, uh, you know, because there's lots of references to wine through her work. So I don't know if that's literally alchemy. But when I, again, these are just my thoughts that came through when I was reading these things was if you're turning a base metal into gold, you can also turn water into wine. Interesting. Yeah. It's, I need someone to really explain that to me, but yeah. Um, okay. So 16 is Clara bow and people started researching Clara bow. The minute this track list dropped, she was an American actress who rose to stardom during the silent film era of the twenties and then successfully made a transition to talkies in 1929. So with my, I did take movie history in school. And Hmm. I remember that a lot of actors and actresses had a very hard time transferring from silent film to talkies because their voices like did not match their looks (laughs) or they couldn't act or so it was, I mean, that's rare. That was rare. I got it. I'm sorry. I have to butt in and make a, um, a Patrick Mahomes joke. <laughs> but do you know what I mean? Like his voice Travis does not does match. Good, Travis does such a good per- impression of, of Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, I saw, uh, I think it was on like the NFL's TikTok or something where a reporter had asked him to do his uh, best Kermit the Frog impression. And he was like, I'm just doing it while I talk or whatever. Like he, he, he played it off. So he knows he's in on the joke. So I'm not being a bitch. But yeah, yeah. the whole voice doesn't match your yeah, especially it's almost like if you've ever met some like I, I work remotely and the people in my life uh, that I work with, I don't see in person except maybe once a year. And a lot of times that's the first time I met them. And it's like, wow, you're taller in person or you're shorter. You know, it's like it's like you start to kind of develop your own understanding of what they look like. And so I think it's the same thing with talk to or with silent movies to the talkies, they call them, is that people probably had fine voices. It just didn't match what you expected. Yeah, true. That's and it's so funny because even on like TikTok and stuff. So, um, Courtney, a lot of mm-hmm. you guys know her. Euro sweetheart is her TikTok name. She's one of she was one of my first friends that I made on here, really, and one of one of my really good friends. And we we met up uh, last summer, and 
she came over and she was so tall. And I'm just like, I did not picture her to be that tall. I'm like, girl, you are so tall. She's like, I know it doesn't come across in my videos like that. I'm no. like, oh my gosh. But like, I'm also only five two. So I might be like a lot same. shorter than think. Okay. We're the same height. Okay. So like, yeah, you just never know, but, but like, um, it's, okay. So there's a lot with roaring twenties, sex symbol, it girl, I mean, is what I'm getting from this. The dates aren't like jumping out to me at all of like, like Clara bow. She's yeah. beautiful. That was the first thing that stood out to me when I Googled her was just, um, oh, damn it. Here's another actress or, um, you know, historical person of pop culture that I had no reference to just like, um, Rebecca Harkness and, um, you know, anyone mm -hmm. else that Taylor's referenced in the past. So it's just, it's kind of fun. I like it. I do too. I do too. I'm wondering why she has a song named Clarabo. I'm excited to hear that one. She has, uh, this could be something though. She ended up doing 46 silent films and 11 talkies. So 11 TS 11. I do think, you know, there may be something that she gleans from that. I, I do think going back to the Ariel, um, from the little mermaid, losing her voice, you know, mm -hmm. a silent movie actress who then found her voice in the talkies. Maybe there's something there. And it's another thing is this is the last song on the album before the bonus track. So it's got to be like important. There's a reason she put it last, which is interesting. Yeah. So, track 17 is the last track um, and it's a bonus track and it's called The Manuscript. And this one is actually the one getting the most attention. Like we've seen art like artwork for it and um a little bit of the vinyl and it's just I feel like she wants us to know right now that that's going to be a very important song and yes. my first thoughts with manuscript was I still think Taylor's going to write a book and we know she is going to write and direct a movie so an original script so this could have clues or something to do with her movie yep well, and does she, can you recall a time where she released an album and only mentioned the feature track as part of that release? Like the bonus track? The bonus track. Thank you. Not the featured. Like, no, I cannot think of. No, it's weird, right? It, it is Normally, weird that she's even calling it bonus, right? Like it's not just the 17th track, it's bonus, right. um, which is odd. I don't know the logic there, but I also, here's a prediction that I'm going to make that I might stick with, actually. Um, I, I can see us getting TS-12 before the end of the year. Yeah, because of the twos. Because of the twos, but also because this album doesn't seem like an album that's going to, like, hit like Midnight's did, like with the pop, single after single after single. This is going to be more of a stripped down, like intimate, like folklore, right? But folklore, one album of the year. So there's that. But um, I think, I think this, like I said, this is going to be a devastating album. And I feel like she's going to maybe want to follow it up before the year's over with the Travis album, the lighthearted, the in love, the new reputation type of thing. Um, yeah. But I, that's just a thought that I'm having. I could see that. I could see that, especially in the sense of like not mulling into the depression too much or to your point, maybe right. it is a part two version of it, like a folklore evermore, but the themes change and they, and the light starts to come out. Um, question about the Eras tour. 
do you think that she would start incorporating these songs? Like where, where's your head at with this album? Um, I think it'll just be surprise songs after Same. it's released. I don't think she's, even though I think it is a new era, don't think she's going to add it in the eras. Like, I don't think she's going to have a section for it. I don't think so either. Um, she doesn't for debut. So, you know, it's not like mm -hmm. unheard of. And obviously with vault tracks and stuff, she just incorporates them. I agree. I think she may surprise song them heavily. You know, she yeah. might make the rule where she could do them more than once type of deal. Um, but I, I, it's hard midway through the era's tour to create a whole new era with set design and mood, yeah. not because, I mean, logistically it's hard, but it's also like, we don't know the mood. I don't know if Taylor knows the mood. Sometimes I think the mood develops with the growth of this and the success of the album and the, the things that she produces after. So I, I tend to agree with you. I would be, I would be shocked Mm -hmm. If she inserts another chunk into the air tour for this. Because I really don't think there's a whole lot of time to change. I mean, I know she's off for April, but that's not long enough to to change what a meticulous set the era set is. No. Like you gotta take into account lighting, pyrotechnics, um, LED, like it, the you know, the interlude music, how fast she has to change. Like it's not it's not easy to just throw a section in there somewhere. No. You just, it's not. For sure. I think for me, one of the things that this kind of starts to put clarity on is maybe we are going to near the end of the era's tour because I can't imagine her adding a whole nother year or anything to it if she has new music that's ready to potentially tour or whatever that looks like. So I'm not saying yes or no. It just, it, it kind of makes the vision a little clearer that it's uh, maybe coming to an end. Yeah. It's... It'll be interesting to see. So, so obviously, Jesse and I have a lot of thoughts. This is just kind of our initial conversation surrounding some of these pieces. We know that we're wrong on a lot of things. These are just guessing, just talking about the the tra track titles and what we thought initially. And so, um, we will continue to discuss this. Um, obviously, on the next few episodes, I mean, few. We've got a couple months, but hopefully, it goes fast. Um, as we get more stuff, maybe she'll do some lead singles. She did not for Midnight, so we can't expect lead singles, but um, it's a really exciting time to be a Swifty and to, to have a Swifty podcast. So we appreciate you guys for always listening, and um, you can leave us comments on YouTube. The Q&A, <laughs> our poor Q&As. First off, I've been getting actual submissions from the Q&A on tspodnetwork.com, but we also have been getting comments. So if you've asked questions and comments, just know that we are, we're paying attention and we're clocking some of those. And at some point, if Taylor calms down and doesn't keep giving us free content to talk about here, um, we will definitely scrub through those. Um, but as always, we appreciate you guys. We are so grateful to be Swifties. We are so grateful for all the love we've gotten in this podcast and, um, this is just going to be such an exciting year. So mm -hmm. we love you guys. Bye.